It's uh, good to be here today with you on this uh, Labor Day weekend. I was praying for five people to show up because uh, so many people are at town, and you're here. Thank you for, for being here. More than five of you are here, and this is great uh, to be together, uh, to worship our Lord uh, together. Um, our, our other pastor, uh, Bobby Shirley, and, and his wife, Holly, are, are out of town um, visiting, visiting, um, visiting family back home. Uh, this weekend, and uh, I had to play the role of Bobby, and that means getting here really early and setting up everything, and I, I man, he does a, a lot of work, is all I'm saying. Like, it was even through the, la- the last song that I was still setting things up. I, I think we got our, our uh, translation going here off of my, my phone down there. Uh, if you need uh, a link to that, um, you might not be able to understand me right now, but Alonza uh, can help out with some of that and the link. And also, I just I just got uh, published. I remember last minute to publish the sermon notes for you. Um, so you can go uh, to the Church Center app. Maybe you have to refresh it to get today's sermon notes. Or you could go to our website, and under worship, uh, you could hit notes and find uh, the sermon notes there as well. Uh, it's so uh, I'm so glad that we prayed for kids, prayed for school. Um, one of the things that we did uh, when we got started, uh, when we were in our preview before we had like any worship services or anything like that, um, one of the things we did actually during the pandemic uh, was that we sponsored a local school, in particular a classroom within a local school that had kids with special needs and uh, most of them being autistic kids. And, and we helped uh, provide some computers and some things for, for, online, tra- for online education during the, during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were trying to start a church, and we didn't have any services or anything like that going, so we just had some extra money that, that God allowed us to use to serve uh, kids and families in this community, and, and we do deeply care about the community of Hell's Kitchen. Um, that's one of the reasons that we got started. We wanted to see a gospel-teaching church in this neighborhood where my wife and I live just on uh, 43rd Street, and we're going to dive into some of that today in light of uh, where we're at in the book of Acts. Um, if you're here, uh, your first time here this Sunday, we just started a brand new sermon series, so you're here at a good point um, in the life of our church as we're going to be journeying through the book of Acts, really through this fall season. And uh, I want you to, to know a little bit about the book um, before we get into it. Some of you may know a little bit about Acts because it is one of the more popular books within the New Testament. Um, if you don't know anything about it, we're going to catch you up here, about everybody on the same page uh, so that you know kind of what you are stepping into. Uh, The author of Acts is Luke, who is a historian, a servant. He's likely companion of Paul on on some of his missionary trips. Um, He is the author of the Gospel of Luke, uh, the story of Jesus' life. But then he continues the story, as now we see the acts of the, the Holy Spirit through the disciples, and we see the church born here in the book of Acts from the author Luke. Also, we know that it's written about 30 years uh, after, um, 30 plus years after Jesus. And so it's right on the heels of Jesus, his life, and what happens in the New Testament church. We know that this was the plan, that Jesus was to, was to die, to, to be resurrected, and then to ascend. And as he ascends, the, the Holy Spirit descends, and then the church is born. And so this is the story that's right on the heels of the story of Jesus and his ministry um, here on planet Earth, and then we see the gospel spread through the church um, on planet Earth. And so some other things for us, the genre is a, a narrative, uh, a, a hero genre, where we see some heroic things that are done, but the hero of the story is Jesus. 
He is continuing to be on display through the work of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so we lift him up in this book as we study through it. And I want to take a moment just to unpack uh, the, the narrative portion of Acts, because we're going to get into some things today that may seem, well, what do I do with that? <laughs> What's that about? How does that help me understand who, who God is? Um, you know, there's, there's when, we, when we look at narrative, it's not one for one on exactly what's happening in that story. It's exactly what is happening today. Um, those, what we do see often are these, these unique moments uh, within the life of Jesus, within the life of the church. And those aren't necessarily something that are supposed to continue in the same exact way. They are descriptive moments. They're not something that we necessarily build a, a cohesive theology around, but yet it does tell us a little bit more about God. And so we're going to see that today as we understand the Holy Spirit, as we understand what he's up to and what he's doing and how he's moving in the life of the church. Uh, some other things, maybe the big, the big understanding of what Acts is all about um, is the unstoppable advance of the gospel to the ends of the earth. It starts in Jerusalem. It spreads through Judea. Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we're going to see, we're going to see the, the gospel explode through the Holy Spirit even today in Acts chapter 8. Some other themes. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about Jesus' work continued as we study through this series together. This is not just some brand new work. This is the work of Jesus continued through the work of the disciples. So there's going to be some, some things that are, seem like they go together for sure because they are continued work. And we're also going to talk about conversion, what it means to go from, from death to life, what it means to be, as the Bible says, born again. We know that it's not just about doing better or doing good or trying to improve yourself. No, there's a conversion that needs to take place within where the Holy Spirit shows up and changes who we are. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go through this study together. Uh, we're going to pick up today in Acts chapter 8. Don't worry, we're going to come back and get the rest that we're skipping over for just for a moment. Next week we'll be in Acts chapter 2. And we'll continue through the rest of the story, but it's pretty important that we see the connection between what Jesus gives to his disciples, the mission that he gives to his disciples from to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and how that plays itself out in Acts chapter 8 as the gospel explodes. And so I want to invite my friend John, who's going to come, and he's going to read today uh, for us out of Acts chapter 8. Um, as he comes, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in it is life itself. And I pray that in these moments that we listen to you, we hear your voice, and we obey. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Acts chapter 8. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. 
Now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a, sleep, a sheep to the slaughter, and as a, lie, as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about? Himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 1899, a group of boys took on two of the most powerful men in New York City, Joseph Pulitzer and William Randolph Hearst, to protest a hike in newspaper prices. Now, we know the story because of Disney, who brought this to life in its musical. When it hit the theaters, it was a flop, but then as it went to home on VHS tapes, it became a cult classic. It finally made its way then to Broadway, and uh, if you've seen the Newsies, it, it is a pleasure uh, to watch as we see uh, these group of boys that, that come together, and they are part of a, a movement that leads to change. As we dive into the text today, what we see is a group of people that have come together to, to be a part of a movement that literally changes the world. And this is not like any other movement. It cannot be stopped because it is about an unstoppable Jesus who not even the grave could hold him down. It is about a big mission that is unstoppable in itself as the gospel spreads from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But the reason that this movement can continue is this truth, that Jesus' mission is an unstoppable Holy Spirit movement. It's not just any movement. It's a movement that is fueled by the unstoppable Holy Spirit. And what we see here, even in Acts chapter 8, is that not even persecution can stop the move of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, within Acts chapter 8, what we do discover is that persecution actually is what fuels the movement a little bit more, and the Holy Spirit is unleashed into other places of the earth. We see that what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned around for good. I want you to read this with me in, in verses 1 and 2 of Acts chapter 8. Saul, who we're going to learn about in, in this study together, he agreed with putting him to death. Well, who is him? It's Stephen. In Acts chapter 6 and 7, which we're going to talk about a little later in this series, Stephen is killed for his faith in Jesus. And Saul was the one that agreed to put him to death. And so on the basis of his death, there, there came this riot that broke out in Jerusalem. We, we picked this back up. On that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land, where? Of Judea and Samaria. Well, what, did, what was Jesus' mission about? It was about being his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, the, the disciples, those that were following Jesus, they, they were scattered because of persecution to Judea and Samaria. 
And we're going to see here, even as we unpack this to the ends of the earth, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good. And even during persecution, you cannot see the Holy Spirit who is, un he's unable to be stopped. You, you don't see a Holy Spirit that's stoppable. You see a Holy Spirit that continues to move because he is an unstoppable movement. There's nothing that can slow the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that can stop the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to put him in his tracks. No, it's like a sneeze that when it starts, you, it just has to come out. You can't hold it in. The Holy Spirit is going to continue. There is nothing that can stop the movement then of the Holy Spirit, not even persecution. And Philip is one of the characters that we get introduced to in this scripture. He is not one of the apostles, not Philip the, the apostle, one of the twelve, but yet he is someone that God uses to advance the kingdom, the message of Jesus through this Holy Spirit movement. What happens is that Philip begins to teach someone who is from Ethiopia. Let's pick this up here. I'm going to read Acts 8, verses 26 through 29, so you can kind of see this for a, mo for a moment. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up. And go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. And so he got up and, and went down, and there was an Ethiopian man. Now, just if you don't know your geography, Ethiopia is in Africa. And here we see him introduced to an Ethiopian man for a reason. The, the Spirit of the Lord led him there. There was a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury and he had him come to worship in jerusalem and he was sitting in his chariot on his way home reading the prophet isaiah aloud he was already seeking out for god he wanted to know more about god so he's reading the prophet isaiah and so what does the holy spirit do he leads philip to go to this ethiopian so that he may know the good news of jesus then in verse 29 the Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. What happens is that Philip begins to talk about Jesus and connects the dots for this Ethiopian who is reading about Jesus, not knowing so as he's going through Isaiah uh, chapter 53. Here is the Holy Spirit movement advancing on and telling others about who Jesus is and what he has done. And what happens is that this Ethiopian puts his faith in Jesus and is baptized. Now, you may have missed it, but he's not just any Ethiopian. He is in the royal cabinet of Ethiopia under the queen. This is the advance of the gospel to the ends of the earth as it spreads across the Africa. This is an unstoppable movement of the Holy Spirit that, that you and I are invited into. But I want to be very careful here. The movement of the Holy Spirit is unstoppable, but it can be quenched and it can be slowed down. You see, there's a problem that we need to be aware of. The Holy Spirit movement can be slowed when we put ourselves at the center of the movement. You see, it's not about us. 
But when we put ourselves at the center of the movement, we can slow down the unstoppable movement then of the Holy Spirit. It's a warning for us today. We see it in this text as we work through it together. There is someone here named Simon the Sorcerer, and he is trying to, to use this, this gospel message for his own benefit, for his personal gain, to exploit it for his use. And we're going to see what happens here within the story. Before we get to Simon, the sorcerer, there are two other individuals that appear in this story that I want to talk to you about for a moment. Philip is there in Samaria, and he is sharing about the good news of, of Jesus. And they hear about it all the way back in Jerusalem. And so, the leadership in Jerusalem, they thought, well, let's go check it out. Let's see what's happening there. Let's see, let's, let's see for it. We've heard good things. Let's see for ourselves. And Peter and John, leadership from Jerusalem, comes into Samaria to see what God is up to. And so, we see this beginning in Acts 8, verses 14 through 17. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And after they went down there, they prayed for them so the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to take a time out for a moment. Um, I, I want to explain something. This is kind of maybe a sermonette, if you will. This gets back to what I was talking about in the introduction. If you remember last week, I said that once you put your faith in Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You get all of the Holy Spirit right then and there. That is the theology of the Bible. That's what the Bible says in its entirety. We do see something happening here that is very unique, though, in a very particular moment where the, the people at Samaria put their faith in Jesus, and then Peter and John came, and they laid hands on them, and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, this was a very unique thing. This is not normative for how we're supposed to think about the Holy Spirit and how he shows up. What's happening here is there's a sign, a very important sign, that now the gospel has gone from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, and this is all connected together. And so the Holy Spirit is now showing up as Jerusalem comes through Peter and John to pray over these people in Samaria that have believed. This is a sign. It says this is all about the Holy Spirit movement. This is all about the mission of Jesus. This is all about the unstoppable Christ. This is one of those unique moments that's not then normative for the rest of life. Because the Bible teaches in its entirety and the theology of the Holy Spirit is that when you pray to receive Christ and put your faith in him, you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are made new. This was just a unique moment uh, for us to see the, the progression of the gospel. Now, step back in, time back in, back into the sermon. Now, here's, here's something to notice. This is leadership coming from Jerusalem. This is men in power that God had appointed, that Jesus had appointed to be in power, and they could have shown up and hold up to their power and what they knew about God and their understanding of context and said, well, 
I don't know about these Samaritans. This ain't a part of that. Instead, they recognized the move of the Holy Spirit. It was not about them. And even though it was a brand new context, they were open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. They were open to change, and they were not suspicious then of new things that God was doing and new places where God was showing up. And they jumped right in to what God was already up to. They followed the lead of the Holy Spirit and didn't put themselves at the center of it all. But someone does. Simon, the sorcerer, he sees what's going on. And he, too, makes some type of decision, or at least we think it's a decision, um, at the, as we first read it. But as we read more, we see that it's probably not an authentic decision because he begins to try to exploit the gospel for his own gain. And so in verse 19 of chapter 8, we see him talking here. And he had just seen the, the Holy Spirit come upon these Samaritans. And he begins saying, Give me this power also that anyone I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit as well. We, we keep reading here through um, 23, but Peter told him, may your silver be destroyed with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this matter because your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of your wickedness, this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that if it's possible, your heart's intent may be forgiven for i see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by wickedness wow here's a man who sees god at work and wants to use it to his own gain putting him at the center of give me this power so i could somehow gain some type of financial stability from it maybe i can perform some of these holy spirit things and then i can get some type of monetization i can get all of the respect i can get all of the power i want to be the center of all of this Th this type of mentality slows down the work of the holy spirit it quenches the work of the holy spirit we have to remember this about god's work this about the work of Jesus, this about the work of the Holy Spirit. And here's what the gospel says. The unstoppable movement of the Holy Spirit exponentially expands from the bottom up. We have to remember how this began to begin with. The Holy Spirit is not a controlled, the Holy Spirit movement is not controlled by an overarching institutionalized authority but rather by individual believers empowered by the holy spirit that's what we've seen from the beginning of this book in acts it was these disciples that were empowered by the holy spirit it wasn't some top down approach that's not even what jesus has done if you remember jesus in his his love for us stepped into our world in the incarnation and became like us in the form of a baby being born into this world it's always been bottom up as jesus himself has come to minister and to share the gospel in this world i want to take us back through this um uh, this gospel experience that i showed last week this little progression 
if you will, of, of how we understand the gospel. It starts with the incarnation, and then it moves into the, the, the life of Christ, right? This is how we experience, this is how we know uh, the, the full gospel. It starts with the incarnation, moves to the life of Christ, and then the, the work of Jesus, he also goes to the cross, dies on the cross for our sin, um, so that we could be forgiven. The work of Jesus then appears in the resurrection. Three days later, he overcomes the grave so that we may have new life. And then the work of Jesus is seen through the ascension. As he ascends to be at the right hand of God, the Holy Spirit comes to us. And now we experience this backwards, don't we? We talked about that last week. We, when we put our faith in the work of Christ, we experience the Holy Spirit coming, descending to us. As Jesus ascends, the Holy Spirit comes to us and fills us up, makes us brand new people in the work of the resurrection. We, we get a brand new life, don't we? When, we? when we experience the work of the resurrection. And that brand new life allows us then to crucify our old life, our old way of living. Uh, now, because we have brand new lives, and because we don't live a particular way that associates with sin anymore, we can now begin to look like Jesus and live the life that Jesus lived. What would Jesus do? I grew up with that bracelet, right? Well, you can't do what Jesus did unless you go through ascension, resurrection, crucifixion first. That's when you become like Jesus. That's when we start to become like Jesus together as the church. And the point of that is for us to look like Jesus as we step into the lives of others and share the gospel with them. Well, where does that all begin? At the bottom. As we experience the gospel, we, we humble ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can be at the center of it all. And we go and serve others. That's the movement. That's the Holy Spirit-led movement that we are submitting, we are surrendering, we are living our lives so that others may know about Jesus through the movement of the Holy Spirit. I want you to see it in another way. I've got this other illustration for us. This is what I, I kind of put together, what I have called church, the church growth movement. It, it starts with a, a few people that go into the world and they, they see the brokenness of this world and they want to do something about it because they believe in the gospel and they know that the gospel is the answer. And so they start praying, they start serving. Before you know it, there's a community of people that start joining in with them, and they're praying and serving together. They may be even reading Scripture together. Before you know it, as they begin to continue studying and continuing doing life together, a church then is born. And we start seeing some, some organization to it, right? We start seeing a time where they come together for worship. We maybe see some people that are called out to pastor, to be elders of the church. We see this structure that is built as people covenant together with like-minded beliefs and, and like-minded mission. And what you see is a church that is, in, that is born in glory to God. Because what we see in that is, is heaven, the, the kingdom of God beginning to bubble up and, and break through into our world. And we see, we see this place of order where God's kingdom is on display. And thank God for that, because that's what we are, a place where... A church where God's kingdom is on display as we live in covenant with, with one another. And we learn how to serve one another. We study together. We pray together. We do all of that. What we could do then, if we wanted this thing to grow, is we could take this thing and go do it somewhere else. Let's right, just pick out Upper East Side. Same school district as Hell's Kitchen. We could go ahead and just like 
Start a service at 11 a.m. right there in the Upper East Side. Same songs, same sermon. Some of you come and serve, right? We could do the same program. We could have the same leadership. We could do the same thing and just do it over there. And then maybe pick some other neighborhoods. And it could become this church that's meeting in, in church that has many churches meeting in multiple neighborhoods. That's, that's one way that we could experience church growth. Let me ask you a question. Is, is that unstoppable? Is that unstoppable movement? Yeah, because the Holy Spirit's unstoppable. But I think that's a, a slow approach. Because that's all about institutionalization. Let's just take this institution and start doing it over there. That's about control. That's about power. That, that is in our hands. Just thinking that we could show up somewhere else and start doing exactly what we're doing here, there. And expect, expect that to grow. Well, it's going to grow because the Holy Spirit is unstoppable. But it's slow. The slow movement. And I don't think that's going to do well in a place like New York City, where the ground is hard to, toy, to, to, to work with, right? I think we need something a little more powerful than a, a slow movement. I think we need an explosive movement that is from the bottom up where the Holy Spirit is in charge, not centralized power. Here's what I think kingdom growth looks like. You got a few people that go into the world and love what God has called them to and who God has called them to. Let me just put a name and a face for that for you. Those three people would be me, my wife, and Macy. Um, she's gotten really big in, in, in this diagram here, right? Uh, we started this work pretty Macy, but she was always in the picture, right? <laughs> we, we started loving our neighborhood here in Hell's Kitchen praying for our community, wanting to see a gospel church born in this neighborhood for this neighborhood. Before we knew it, we had people joining in with us, being a part of it, praying with us, struggling with us, struggling through a pandemic with us. Like, that's when we started doing the work. Before we knew it, we were, like, praying, reading scripture, encouraging one another. There was this, there was this community that was coming together, and on January 16th, 2022, a church was born. Praise God for that, right? The next step is crucial. We said it from the beginning. This church is going to be a church that believes that everyday people are called into God's everyday mission. We have to go back to how we began to see this thing explode. It's you. You're the people that are going out into the world. What are, you, what, are you, what are you excited about? What are you passionate about? Where do you feel God calling you? Where are you sent? It's you. It's you going after those places where God has called you to take the gospel, where God is sending you. Maybe it's a, a group of people, right? Uh, maybe it's not a neighborhood. Maybe it's a group of people, but it's God sending you. And what we want to be is a church that get behind you in that, come alongside you in that. We want to see a, a community of believers come and be a part of that with you. And maybe that just stays as a community of believers that are a part of it together. And it doesn't form itself into a church. And that's okay. We want to see new ministries started. We want to see new things began where people are coming to hear about Jesus. But we're also praying that from that work, new churches would be born. 
uh, across the city, across the state, across the planet. We want to be a part of an unstoppable Holy Spirit-led movement that is rapidly growing and increasing because we are not at the center of it all, but the Holy Spirit is working through the lives of everyday people. That's what we want to be about. That's what we're asking you to be about. This, this fall season is all about equipping you to be those people. Now, I get it. You got the Holy Spirit. We can't really equip you. We're just going to help unleash what's already in you. God showing up in your life, changing your life for his kingdom purposes. That's what God is wanting to do in our lives. I believe in this church as well. Well, how do we do that? What's our response today? The response is this. Let yourself become invisible to allow the Holy Spirit to be seen and move in power. This is pretty interesting. I think God is speaking to us through what happens in this story. In Acts chapter 8, verse 39, we, we see the Ethiopian eunuch that, that hears about Jesus, puts his faith in Jesus, is baptized. And then verse 39, here's what happens. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. He just disappeared. Gone. And the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip could have taken all the glory right there in that moment, couldn't he? I, I'm, I was instrumental in, in taking the gospel to Africa, to the ends of the earth. He, he could have made it all, let's just build a church, call it Church of Philip. I mean, I did it. Here we are. But he was taken away, carried away. The Lord carried him away. Philip then, in verse 40, appeared in Azotus and was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. I mean, God just continued to move him on from place to place, preaching about the kingdom, preaching about who Jesus is and the gospel work that he has done. And we see the center of it all. It's not Philip. It's not Peter. It's not John. But it truly is the Holy Spirit. Seen in power, changing people's lives from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. John the Baptist said this. He may, he, he, he needs to increase and I need to decrease. Oh, that's something good for us to hold on to as we are a part of this Holy Spirit-led movement. I, I think sometimes we put ourselves at the center when we just start giving all kinds of excuses of why we can't be a part of it. I'm not, I'm not good enough. <laughs> I don't have what it takes. I mean, listen, Philip, he wasn't like in the upper echelon of leadership with the Jerusalem church. Like what happened in, in Acts uh, 6 is, is that is that the church began to grow and ministry began to grow. And so the leadership of the church in Jerusalem said, well, 
we got to figure this out because there's too much work here for us to do. And so let's raise up some other people to take care of some other things so that we can focus on, on preaching and we can focus on the prayer ministry of the church. And Philip just happened to be one of those people that was raised up to care for the, the needy and the poor within their church. He wasn't like anybody that had this high role in the church. He wasn't one of the 12. He wasn't one of the majorly gifted. But God used him. God used him to take the gospel to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Why? Because it wasn't about him. It was about the unstoppable move of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to, today to surrender to the call that Jesus has on your life. And maybe for you, that means to start with surrendering to the gospel and the work of Jesus. As I think about the musical, the Newsies, the Disney production Newsies, they are a, a group of boys that, that came together and changed the world. Our movement's a little bit like theirs, but it's also extremely different. There's some lines here from this musical that I just want to read for you. This is from one of the songs within the musical. It says, we were a union uh, just by saying so. I think movements start that way. Just regular people <laughs> try to get together for a cause and can change things. Holy Spirit movement is a little bit different than that. We're, we're a movement. We're one because Jesus has said so. It's not about what we say. It's about what, what he says. This next line. The things we do today will be tomorrow's news. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful picture that this is just continuing on and on it's un this movement is unstoppable right we must remember that the news is not about us it's not about what we accomplish the things that jesus does today will be the news tomorrow about who jesus is if we continue to put him at the center of it all and we don't hold on to power we don't hold on to control, but we let the Holy Spirit lead. I believe that we will be a people that change the scope of the planet because the world will know about the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has done to change lives. I want to be a part about that. I want to be a part of that. It's going to require you and I to become invisible let the Holy Spirit work through us, giving him all the credit. I want to see him explode in power across this city, across this planet. Just take a moment to take a posture of prayer. I'm going to just read a couple of questions that, that maybe will help you process. Just listen to the Holy Spirit as he may speak to you through answering some of these questions. Am I slowing down the, the movement of the Holy Spirit through my life or being influenced by worldly gain? 
Am I slowing down the movement of the Holy Spirit through my life or being influenced by worldly gain? He reveals anyway to take a moment to confess that his mercy as we have mentioned is here today for you second question how can i allow the holy spirit to work through me to expand to expand the gospel from the bottom up how can i allow the holy spirit to work through me to expand the gospel from the bottom up final question how can I become more invisible so that the Holy Spirit can be seen and move in power through me what does it look like for me to become more invisible to decrease so that he may increase father we thank you for this opportunity that we get to come together in this church and I pray that this church will continue to be a part of the Holy Spirit movement. That it wouldn't be about one community church. It wouldn't be about us and our kingdoms, but it would be about your kingdom. May we live as everyday people who are called into your everyday mission. May we see the gospel explode through the movement of the Holy Spirit from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. May it be done in this city even today. We pray that we would be a people that know the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. We surrender. We surrender all. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. May you stand with us and may you sing as we continue to worship today. Um, I'll be on the side. Some of the staff may join me on the side to pray for anyone. Let us know. Thank you.